welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we're living for preventative mental health, love and compassion. We're happy you're here again. I'm Caroline Heim and here is Dr. Christian Heim. Hello. And today is the last in our series, Reading Dr. Heim's book, Negotiating Diversity with Insights from Clinical Psychiatry and Neuroscience. Well, this is it. This is where we give you so many practical approaches, phrases, and things to say to family members when you're sharing some large and big changes that you've made in your life. We also cover some helpful phrases to use in how to respond when someone in your family makes a big change. We finish off with two stories, one that could well just take place around your table on a family holiday meal like Thanksgiving, and also with another true story that, well, you'll just have to wait and hear. If you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word, and recommend them to others. And there'll be just a few interruptions in this episode to ask Dr. Himes some questions. When approaching diversity issues in family relationships, it's important to take steps to affirm your kinship ties, emphasizing respect for each person's independence. You'll need to affirm your love as a family while aiming to reach the inherent, easygoing nature of a friendship relationship. Freedom, mutually valuing the friendship, common ground, mutual respect, and lowered expectations. Take-home message? Affirm the family love while reaching for friendship freedom. Applying the five steps for family members. Using the five steps from A to E, I'll share some ideas plus some specific phrases to say that you may find helpful. Paraphrase my words into your own so that they sound natural to you. Then practice them. As you read them, you'll find they articulate something really important that tends to be the truth for most people in most situations, but know that they can be hard to articulate in tense interchanges. Rarely do parents want to disown their children, or rarely do children want to disown their parents or siblings each other. Each are looking for acceptance, but this can take time and understanding. Again, I'll follow a format for each of the steps. One, a discussion on principles of the step as applied to family. Two, helpful phrases to learn and use. And three, helpful facts and metaphors to use. Step one, acceptance. Family ties are strong. Family connections are mostly wonderful, but can at times be painful and trying. The ties that bind, loyalty in particular, inherently allows less freedom and less acceptance of modes of being outside what's usual for the family. Yet you want to be free to make big changes in your life if you choose. Spring these changes on your family members gently so that they can be more accepting. Family members allow each other less freedom than do friends because a friendship can easily end, whereas a family tie will never be broken. A big change can become a lifelong problem or a lifelong adjustment. Finding acceptance from family requires a great deal of open-mindedness on the part of each person to accept more progressive or more conservative ways and to accept possible ongoing conflict. Darren is a 52-year-old atheist social worker who prides himself in accepting this world's diversity. So, when my son announced he decided to become a Baptist youth minister, I thought, Where did I go wrong? I was challenged. But if I could really accept diversity, I could accept his choice as well. Susan cried and cried. Where did I go wrong? Both my daughters are lesbians who want nothing to do with their Catholic upbringing. After several sessions of discussing the advantages of having an open, honest friendship with people close, 
she could rejoice in their honesty and wanting to keep their mum as a close confidant and friend, and as a mother. Where did I go wrong is a recurring theme for parents. They didn't go wrong. They just need to accept difference in a changing world. Then they can move, eventually, hopefully, to applauding the difference in their close family members. Values are challenged, but this can drive the relationship to become deeper and more honest. In both of these cases, parents and children found deeper understanding and acceptance, which still, at times, were challenges. It's worth putting in the effort to accept and applaud and resolve much of the value clashes because, well, you love them and they love you. That's why the conflict seems so big. Can you accept more? Many, many young adults need to adjust to parents who may disapprove of their diversity choices, particularly in their choices of sexual expression and gender expressions. It can become daunting to come out, to use what's becoming a dated term, but it is made easier by the underlying love, which is a natural part of family. After a period of initial hostility and conflict, be sure to move through curiosity and continued relationship towards acceptance and even applauding. This is the mere exposure effect. If you're the one looking for acceptance from your family because you're moving away from the family norms, consider the following phrases. This is important to me. I need your acceptance because you're my parents and I love you. I don't need your approval at this stage, although that'd be nice, but I do need your acceptance because you mean the world to me and I want our relationship to continue. Helpful acceptance phrases. These phrases assert your difference, but also lean on your inherent love. If you're being asked to accept something from a family member who's daring to be different, perhaps the following may help. I want to be able to accept this because you're my child and I love you. I'm finding this really difficult, but because you're my sister, I want to be able to accept this. Can you accept that I find this hard to accept? Look, I accept that you've changed and found something very important. I'm working to see how much of this I can accept. I love you. These phrases too affirm the underlying love. Don't let the love get lost in the initial hostility when confronted by change and the challenge of difference. Take home message. Family conflict grows from love. Aim to accept like a friend. Facts about acceptance. A fact is a bunch of words, a phrase, the meaning of which has been proven to the best of evidence to so closely resemble reality that it is accepted as true. When you use phrases that are facts, that are almost irrefutable, it greatly helps in bringing about the good feelings that help with accepting and applauding. Here are a few that will help your family with acceptance. I think we can all agree that this family is more accepting of these issues than most families in Tudor England, so let's keep our heads about this. If we can somehow move forward from this and still be a family, we may even be a stronger family. Can we together agree that the road forward may be tough? but that we each have some soul-searching, listening and accepting to do. Step two, build bridges. To help ensure acceptance, value your family relationships by building bridges, even if diversity leads to initial adversity. With family, it helps to focus on the bridges more and on the conflict less. Both are present. Friendships naturally do that. In friendships, a person can keep information away from the other just to preserve the friendship. Family relationships are actually more honest. 
because of the close kinship ties and the need for approval and acceptance, family relationships tend to be more in your face. Focus yourself back to the bridges rather than the walls. The biggest bridge connection is that you are a family. Helpful bridge building phrases. The following phrases will help if you've made a change which may be a challenge for your family. I value you guys as my parents and siblings. You're so much a part of my life. But there's something that I have to let you know. You guys are in my blood. So many of your ideas and values run through my veins. But hey, sometimes an apple falls far from the tree. I'd be lost without you guys. You've raised me, given me life, made me an independent adult, seen me through so many hard times. Now, this may be hard for you. Because what I have to tell you is that dot, dot, dot. If you're the family member whose values are being challenged by someone who is asserting theirs, you too will need to build bridges. The following phrases help. I respect what you're saying. We're family. But just as you need to stay true to your values, we'll stay true to ours while learning to accept yours more. Whatever you say will always be family. How can I meet you halfway? Take home message. Family conflict often grows from love. Aim to reinforce all bridges. Facts about building bridges. Using facts embedded in bridge building metaphors will help greatly to bring about good feelings in family relationships. Here are a few. Let's not avoid each other. No person is an island. When we're feeling distant and at odds with each other, we all have to put in the effort to build a bridge, to keep communication lines open. Fair enough? We need to depend on each other to be like strong pylons carrying the stress of strong emotions. Like a bridge. The heavier the load, the stronger the bridge has to be. I think our family can be strong in this. There's tension in all bridges. That's okay. As long as the bridge is structurally sound, let's make our family structurally sound enough to take this tension. Okay, so I just want to pause a little bit here. Because what you're painting is is a rosy picture of some really great outcomes. But, but what about the initial outbursts that sometimes occur? Is there room for these phrases then or afterwards? Or when, when do these phrases come in? Well, that's a very difficult question to answer. Uh, firstly, I, I didn't think that what I'm putting across here was rosy at all because this is some of the most difficult things in life. Yeah. I do not want to give the idea that this is easy mm-hmm. or that outcomes are always good. Because, quite frankly, often they're not. But I suppose phrases like this help to get a good outcome because that's actually what people want. People want a good outcome. Mm, I think I was probably thinking more more rational. You're in more of a rational mind when you say these things. Well, that's, that's the whole thing too. We are in emotional states because we care about each other. And so phrases like this need to come out at times of rationality when we're just sitting and communicating and words will be spoken but also words will be heard and so when tensions are really high and emotions are really loud uh that's not the time to say these things because they're not going to be heard at that stage it's afterwards when you come back and say you know this is what i really wanted to say yeah great step three connect with common ground there is so much common ground in families that gets taken for granted When family members forge their own values and affirm their differences, common ground still remains. But the focus is naturally on trying to assert and overcome the difference. Much of the helpful common ground that is in a family can get lost in the crossfire. 
It's rare that somebody converts to Catholicism but loses their love of dogs. It's rare that someone announces their bisexuality and hates the board games the families have always played together. It's a matter of focus. Helpful common ground phrases. To take the heat off the rising levels of conflict when someone asserts their newfound or newly expressed diversity, it's important to affirm the common ground of the family, whatever it happens to be. A sporting code, the love of certain animals, food, tradition, sitcoms, movies, anything that's a family favourite. If your family reaches a stalemate or has a big blow-up, it's time to try something like this. Right. At this very awkward moment, I suggest we watch a few episodes of Friends while munching Jim's pizza. All this arguing makes me hungry, so I brought along some of our favourite chocolates. That's it. I've had it. We'll have to settle our differences over a game of canasta. First to 5,000 wins the argument, and we'll have some kettle chips on the side. You'll notice each of these included food. Common favourite food or drink treats always relax the body and mind. They encourage each of us to chill a little more. If you're visiting family members to share some conflict news... I suggest you bring along some food or treats. Sister, wow, James, you don't normally bring along so much of my favourite. Thanks. James, we'll need it. I need to talk and whatever happens, I need you to know that we're still family. Take home message. The familiarity of family favourite foods helps keep people united. Here are a few helpful facts and metaphors about common ground that will help your family. Okay, so there's an international organisation in 30 countries called Search for Common Ground that works to build healthy and peaceful societies. Can we do it just for this family? If we have a common goal, we can all win together as a team. Common ground builds trust. God, we sure as hell need that now. What do we have in common? I hope it's that we each want to keep loving each other and getting on. If that's true, we can figure out how to get there. Just a moment. I cannot emphasise how important these techniques are. Please don't write them off. Understand the principles. Use phrases. Know some facts and metaphors to accept, build bridges and connect with common ground. Applaud and appreciate what your family means to you. Focus on the love. It's not easy. It's all hard work. But through these techniques, differences can genuinely be negotiated. Step four. Dare to be different. When you think about it, this is a no-brainer. You are daring to be different just by having difficult conversations. We just are different, even if we're from the same family. Different ages, different sexes, different personalities, different strengths and weaknesses, and different wants and needs. So why not different political stances, religious views, sexual or gender expressions? It's just a little more difference, that's all. A family unit is made up of different people. Unity with diversity is a setup with advantages and some problems. It's a common setup found in this world. The European Union is a single unit of vastly different countries and cultures. The United States is a single unit made up of many vastly different states. Many African nations, India, Indonesia, Bolivia and Canada are made up of many diverse subcultures and ethnicities united as a country. The periodic table is made up of many very different elements, but we need almost all of them to survive. One of my favourite soups is made up of many very different ingredients, over 30, and I believe I need them all for the full flavoursome experience. So why not our family? Could it be a family of unity in diversity? A very diverse family becomes a microcosm of society today. Dare to be different yourself and allow for difference among the members of your family.
Strive for unity in your diversity. Keep in relationship. If that can be done, everybody wins. If it can't be done, everybody loses something. Granted, the relationship may at times feel very uncomfortable, but at other times you may feel very good about your unity and diversity. A family with discomfort is better than no family at all. The United Nations has a stated aim to include all nations and have all nations include their own diversity. One cannot preach cultural dialogue internationally and reject the very notion of multiculturalism domestically. In other words, for us to keep talking diversity on a big scale, we have to accept diversity on a small scale. We're all the same. We all have our diverse differences. Because it is a major social media theme, many families are struggling with acceptance and dare-to-be-different issues. Many families are feeling pressured to disavow their core values, and this can be difficult. Some families are breaking apart. This is heartbreaking. But, pause for a minute, remember Tudor England where having two differing denominations of the same religion couldn't be tolerated? We now accept our vast diversity of religion, sex and gender expressions and more. See how far we've come. Use this example in table discussions for your family. Aim for more dialogue, peace and continuing relationship as you work towards mutual understanding and acceptance. Helpful dare to be different phrases. If you're someone fighting for acceptance as you dare to be different from your family, the following phrases may help. If you had the choice of finding out something you may find really difficult about me or just pretending to be something I'm not, what would you choose? What I want is to dare to be the real me while still having a relationship with you. Can we do that? You are so important to me. I want you to know who I really am. I hope you can accept who I am. I want our family life to continue. Can we do that? Okay, so in this one thing, I'm very different than anyone in the family, but that's not all of me. I still have your genes, dad's eyes, your sense of humor and dad's temper. I'm not really that different from you. Can you accept me where I am different? If you're the person being challenged by someone in the family who's asserting their difference, perhaps the following phrases will help. Mate, poof, it's a strength of our relationship that we can even talk about this. Can we keep talking while I take all of this in? I'll do a deal with you. I'll work to accept where you're different. Can you work to accept that this is hard for me? I hear what you're saying, but can I still dare to be me? Is, is that okay with you? I want to make one thing clear. You will always be my son, daughter, sister, brother. I love you. That won't change, but I need time to process this. Can you accept that and give me time? Pause there. Okay. So, okay. So that last phrase is so important. Give me time. We'd be superhuman if we didn't need time to adjust to the big changes in close relationships, hey? Uh, yeah, that's actually a very good point because somebody, let's say, can take years to pluck up the courage to come out about their sexuality and then expect their parents to accept it within five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to take some time. Mm. And by giving people time, you are loving them. And by giving people time, you're doing the best that you can to get a good outcome, which is what everybody actually wants. True. Take home message. Difference and diversity is the way of the world. Dare to accept it, even in your own family. Step five, enter the expectation-free zone. This is the real challenge, the holy grail of accepting diversity. 
When a family is genuinely able to move into an expectation-free zone in diversity issues, it can go on in peace and unity. You're different, so what? Do what you like, be what you like, it's okay by me. I want to be able to be different too. I love you, but you're not in this world to live up to my expectations. To reach this attitude takes a lot of courage and understanding, and I mean genuine courage and understanding, when pretense, faking it, is the easy way out. Faking it is not usually what family members want from each other. They're close and sensitive to the feelings underneath the mask. But pause here a minute. I guess faking it still goes on, though. We're all human. We all fake it to some degree. And sometimes you need to have a mask Mm. because the stakes are high. Yeah. And you don't want to let all of your feelings show. But it's like giving somebody a bit of time. With time, the love feelings come through and then there's no need for faking it. Great advice. It's not easy. A family thrives on familiarity. Each family does certain things a certain way and this feels good. It's part of being a family with traditions, routines, accepted attitudes, beliefs and more. All of this means that there is an expectation that what the family likes, all the members of the family will like. This system works well when children in particular are young. The ultimate aim of parenting, however, is to create a thinking, feeling and independent adult. Part of this independence means rebelling against and disagreeing with some of the family familiarity. This is to be expected. Let's take an example illustrating this in an extreme situation. We have a two-parent family, mother and father, Carol and Zach, and two older boys, twins Jake and Zachary, and two younger girls, Charlotte and Skylar. There are no sinister secrets complicating this family, no abuse, no complications, only some serious illnesses, and one bad car accident which brought the family closer together. Each member of the family grew up cherishing how they celebrate festive days, particularly Thanksgiving, and cherished various family traditions, routines, and yearly holidays. They're a close family. Close means that each person is happy in the family and feels safe and secure amidst the usual sibling squabbles, which got a little serious between the twins at one stage. Does this sound too idealistic? It's what every family strives for. As the years roll on, the children go to college and forge their own identities. Let's complicate the picture of this happy family with some worldly realities. As the twin brothers reach their early 20s and the sisters are in their late teens, they come home from colleges in three different states for Thanksgiving. But there's been some changes and this will be a complex Thanksgiving meal. Jake has had a born-again Christian experience and now plans to become a Baptist minister. Both sisters, Charlotte and Skylar, are in their own same-sex relationships. Charlotte has a partner who works for a Democratic Party and together they're developing Buddhist beliefs. And Skylar's partner is a staunch Republican from a traditional Bible-believing home. Zachary has become a climate change activist. Parents, Carol and Zach, are, well, uh, surprised and even shell-shocked. As conservative voting, atheist business people, Zach is in car sales and Carol's in advertising, they aim to model traditional family values to their children as their parents did, but without the hang-ups of traditional religion. Can you see the tensions? Hell yeah. Are the differences irreconcilable? Uh, on an ideological level, they certainly seem to be, and they would make for much heated debate needing understanding and acceptance in the short run, the loud Thanksgiving dinner perhaps with walkouts, but for the long run and on a family level, they needn't be. 
Ideologically speaking, the major tensions of political conservatism versus liberalism and atheism versus theism will arise. People in their late teens and early 20s tend to be vocal and passionate in their expression of ideologies. The debates could be never-ending. The animosity's great. The air over the dinner table thick with zeal. Scenarios like this are being played out almost everywhere across the globe. How to move forward. This is where we test entering the expectation-free zone for those that can. Carol and Zach expected their children to follow family values. Charlotte expects a family to accept her partner and leftist views. Skylar expects a family to accept her partner and right-leaning views. Jake has hopeful expectations that his family may find salvation in Jesus. Zachary expects a family to understand that it's all pointless unless we work together to save the planet. All expect that all others should be accepting. The more these expectations can be lowered, the more chance there will be for some harmony at next year's Thanksgiving. Expectations raise the stakes. It's like betting $1,000 on the spin of a wheel rather than 10. Losing hurts more. And self-evidently, not everybody can win ideological debates. And winning does not make for more harmony in the family. Everybody wants to win. The atheists want to win out over the theists, and vice versa, and the liberals want to win out over the conservatives, and vice versa. There are many such win-lose games in life. Sports, business, war, and the dating game. For every winner, there is at least one loser, sometimes many. That's the setup. The setup is, however, different when it comes to family relationships. Everybody will win if, through the complexities, the family is able to stay reasonably cohesive and mutually supportive as people, no matter what the ideologies. Everybody loses if the family falls apart and people stop talking to each other. All relationships are like that. You either all win if the relationship is doing well or all lose if the relationship is doing badly. Here's the family's collective choice. Family stays together, everybody wins in the relationship game or... Family falls apart, everybody loses in the relationship game. Either way, every individual gets to keep their own ideology. The only question would be whether or not they will still meet and stay supportive as a family. To do this, the family will have to separate the game of keeping the family healthy from the ideology game. Take home message, aim to keep families going well and separate from ideology. In a world moving towards hyper-individualism where each of us is standing up to be our own person, hang the expense, there is more pressure on relationships, particularly on family. While remaining true to yourself, I encourage you to do what you can to preserve and continue the storge belonging love of your family by keeping the family game and the ideology game separate. This will take not only entering more of an expectation-free zone, but employing all five steps accepting and applauding difference, building, maintaining and repairing bridges, connecting with common ground, daring to be different and entering the expectation-free zone. It will take all the information of this book, appreciation of cultural differences and how they came about, how cultural and other differences contribute to our mental health, the science of difference and diversity, and the wiring of our brains towards keeping relationship with other people through the eye contact effect and the mere exposure effect, and how the five steps A to E can help apply the science for better people interactions in your life. There are, of course, obstacles. Social media and the focus it takes off people and onto screens, resulting in a devolution of our empathy and shrinkage in our brains. 
a focus on hyper-individualism, meaning we are losing connection with community and others, and a focus on consumerism and individual wish fulfilment, again detracting from our people interactions and sense of togetherness and belonging. Remember that we've all been aware of Hall's theories for many decades and have applied them to the task of making money without applying them to the task of getting on with other people. Likewise, we've applied the science of the mere exposure effect for advertising and marketing purposes for many decades without applying the principle to help us get along better as people. This disturbingly reflects what our society as a whole really values, money over people. On an individual level, however, I suggest that people, particularly close people, are more important in our lives than we really appreciate. Bill's story. I wish to end with the story of Bill, a Vietnam veteran I once had the privilege of working with a long time ago. This story is real in emotional content, but the details have been greatly obscured. Bill's had it tough. The war took its toll on him. Then his anger, drinking and intense verbal outbursts took their toll on his health and on his family's health. But he got through it. Aside from his mental illness, he had relationship problems. He had a particularly problematic relationship with his son, Drew. In his early 20s, Drew announced to his family that he was homosexual. Bill didn't know how to process this and took it as an affront to his values and his manhood. He couldn't take it. After a few arguments, he and Drew cut off communication, and by the time I was working with Bill, they hadn't spoken for over a decade. After Bill was well, from a psychiatric point of view, we worked on repairing his relationship with Drew. Drew now wears women's clothing, and is on some bloody diet that's good to animals or something. I miss the old Drew, the son he was, when we used to share a beer and steak. We discussed the situation at length, and by and by, Bill moved towards feeling he could accept his son. This was not easy, but he wanted to find a way. One day, Bill made a trip he thought he would never take. He drove to Drew's house and knocked on the door. Drew answered. The two just stood in awkward silence and eventually shared some short, semi-civil comments. Finally, after a doorstep conversation that was going nowhere, Bill announced, Shit. I don't know what to say, but I do know that I bloody well don't care if you wear a dress. You're still my bloody son, and I'm your bloody dad. With that, he turned and quickly marched away in embarrassment. A few seconds later, Drew shouted back at his father. Dad? That was a word Bill hadn't heard in many years. Before you go, do you want to have a beer? Bill stopped, dumbfounded, and replied, I'd love that. The two shared a beer a few tense moments, but also a few laughs. They talked a lot about mum, beer and football. I don't want to say that it was easy or that all went smoothly. It didn't. But now Drew regularly comes over for a meal with his parents and he and Bill are talking again. They're cautious to avoid some topics, but freely discuss the latest football games and what's important during COVID times. Bill began to accept his son. Bill built new bridges, slowly but surely, and repaired old bridges. They connected on common ground. Football, mum, beer and COVID. Don't worry, they eventually found more. They dared to be different, even though this was still very hard. They cautiously entered more of an expectation-free zone. By doing these things, father and son rekindled a relationship. They negotiated their inherent diversity, handled each other's strong feelings 
and went about the difficult but rewarding task of getting along as people, as individuals and as members of the same family. They wanted to get along and they found a way to do it.